Hallelujah and welcome to a brand new week and also a brand new weekly message here at WGM Church. Before we begin with today's main text, let us ready our hearts and minds by reading together the meditation of the week from Psalm 91. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God, and Him will I trust. Surely He shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. He shall cover thee with His feathers, and under His wings shalt thou trust. His truth shall be thy shield and buckler. Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flieth by day, nor for the pestilence that walketh in darkness, nor for the destruction that wasteth at noonday. A thousand shall fall at thy side, and ten thousand at thy right hand, but it shall not come nigh thee. Only with thine eyes shalt thou behold and see the reward of the wicked, because thou hast made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the Most High, thy habitation. There shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over thee, to keep thee in all thy ways. They shall bear thee up in their hands, and lest, lest thou dash thy foot against a stone. Thou shalt tread upon the lion and adder, the young lion and the dragon shalt thou trample under feet. Because he hath set his love upon me, therefore will I deliver him. I will set him on high, because he hath known my name. He shall call upon me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him, and honor him. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. Today's main message comes from Jeremiah, chapter 30, uh, verses 4 through 9. Jeremiah 30, verse 4 through 9. And these are the words that the Lord spake concerning Israel and concerning Judah. For thus saith the Lord, We have heard a voice of trembling of fear and not of peace. Ask ye now, and see whether a man doth travail with child. Wherefore do I see every man with his hands on his loins, as a woman in travail? And all faces are turned into paleness. Alas, for that day is great, so that none is like it. It is even the time of Jacob's trouble, but he shall be saved out of it. For it shall come to pass in that day, saith the Lord of hosts, that I will break his yoke from off thy neck, and will burst thy bonds, and strangers shall no more serve themselves of him. But they shall serve the Lord their God, and David their king, whom I will raise up unto them. The title of this week's message is Days of Man, uh, Day of Christ, Days of Jacob's Trouble, uh, the Great Tribulation, Days of Christ, 1,000 Years, 
the reign of Christ, and eternal days of God. The first man, Adam, sinned against God while living with God in the Garden of Eden. But he lost the breath of life that God gave him. Not only did he lose the image of God, but him and Eve, Adam and Eve, was also cast out of Eden. After that, they gave birth to children in Adam's image, Adam's own image. Since then, men had been disconnected from God, and the days of man began. Genesis 5, chapter, uh, Genesis 5 verse 3, And Adam lived an hundred and thirty years, and begat a son in his own likeness, after his image, and called his name Seth. However, like Adam, the children of Adam died even though they didn't commit the sin of eating the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Apostle Paul testified of this in Romans 5.15 But not as the offense, so also is the free gift. For if through the offense of one many be dead, for if through the offense of one, many be dead, much more the grace of God and the gift by grace, which is by one man, Jesus Christ, hath abounded unto many. So one man committed sin, and everybody got cursed. And then through one man, Jesus Christ, everybody received salvation. But you have to believe. After being disconnected from God, men had to had no choice. Men had no choice but to live according to their own conscience until God gave the law through Moses. However, about a thousand years after the events of Adam and Eve, only Noah followed his conscience and found the grace in the eyes of God. Out of all those people, just one man, Noah. So if you look closely, if you read the Bible closely and thoroughly, every dispensation ends in an um, apostasy. So just like we mentioned apostasy in the age of grace, which is nowadays, it's coming to an end. Every um, dispensation times, every age had a fallout, meaning it failed. But all other people, other than Noah, all other people living in, uh, that were living in Noah's times, were full of evil imagination of their thoughts. So ultimately, God destroyed all everyone except Noah and his family in the flood. We all know the story of Noah's Ark. Everybody got destroyed except Noah and his family. Apostle Paul testified that even in the absence of God's law, 
no one could excuse himself, him or herself, saying, God is not righteous if he judges me as a sinner. So listen to this in Romans 1, verses 18, and 18 through 20. Romans 1. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness because that which may be known of God is manifest in them. For God hath showeth, uh, showed it unto them. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. So you have no excuse. Every generation, every age had a way of salvation. They just didn't listen. Much like this generation too. A lot of satanic um, things happening. Um, I was up in Seattle once and overheard people screaming out. Uh, Hail Satan in the middle of the streets. Right next to people who were preaching the gospel of Christ. Next, God called Abraham and gave a new name of Israel to his grandson Jacob in order to choose his children, the chosen people, the chosen people of Israel. And later on, God called Moses to give his law through him. This was the first time that new laws were given after the law of the Garden of Eden. But the laws were given for them to realize that the laws were impossible to observe. So the Mosaic laws that was given to the Jewish people, which even to this day, all the Jews say they are quote-unquote observing, but you know, when the laws are given, it has to be all or nothing. You can't just do 99% and leave out 1%. It's all or nothing. So that was given to the Jewish people. And it's not that it's, you know, they're special. It's just that they need to realize, which they never realized, even to this day, that the Mosaic law that was given to them was impossible to complete or to observe, if you will, 100%. So in the future, God sent in, God sent his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, who died for the sins, not only for them, but also for all men in the world to take away all sins in the conscience of men through his blood atonement, giving life to those who believe in Jesus Christ. It was to fulfill his will to restore men to be the image of God once again, just like Adam and Eve. Okay? They lost that image of God when they sinned. 
So through Christ Jesus, when you are saved, it, it's God's will that everyone that believeth in his son's blood atonement, that we regain, we get the image of God back. That's his will. But not only that, if we turn to 1 Timothy 2, um, it's God's will that all men to be saved receive salvation through Jesus Christ and to come unto the knowledge of the truth. That's God's will. Everyone to be saved. Everyone. The time between Adam and until the Mosaic law came, God made the conscience of men as the law. So before the law came, their conscience was their law. So that they may live according to their own conscience. But after the law came, God gave conviction of sins by the law and made them forgiven only through animal sacrifices, shedding of blood through animals for their sins. However, after Christ appeared, he has been giving the spirit of the Son to all, to all, all of them who believe in his death, burial, and resurrection, making them children of God through eternal life. Jesus himself said this in his uh, prayer in uh, John 17, verse 3, And this is life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent, knowing the one true God and Jesus Christ. That is life eternal, everlasting life. The Apostle Paul testified of this wonderful grace in Ephesians 1, uh, verse 4 through 6. According as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved. After Adam sinned, and until the law was given to save all those who were born into the world, God wanted to save men by the work of their own conscience from within. And the Israelites who received the laws were judged by the law. So if you're born and living and you died in the age of conscience, then that was your, you know, you have a different judgment from then. When the Mosaic Law came out, um, under, under those regulations, you were judged by those regulations and laws given by God. Since Christ Jesus died for salvation on the cross, God has given eternal life, but also adoption to be children as well as made them. He made them to be the bride of Christ to those who believe in the gospel of Christ. We all know the gospel of Christ, right? 
Uh, it's this, according to 1 Corinthians 15, the first four verses, how that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. Just by believing in this, you repent your sins for not believing in Jesus Christ. You receive him as Lord and Savior. That's how you receive the grace and your salvation. That's it. You can't work up to your grace. Unlike some denominations might teach you. you may want to question your uh, pastor or preacher, whoever might be presiding in your local church, if you were taught that, if you have to work up to your grace. No. Salvation is free. Yeah, and if you look in Ephesians 2, verse 8 through 9, for by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. You can't work for your salvation. This is free gift of God. And we are saved. But you have to believe it. God will save all of those who lived according to their conscience by the work of their conscience. So this is not this dispensation. This is not 2021. Okay? This is way back. According to Revelations 20, um, they will be judged. At the judgment seat of the white throne of God. Apostle John testified it in Revelation 20 verse 11 through 15. And I saw a great white throne and him that sat on it. From those whose face the earth and the heaven fled away. And there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. And the books were opened. And other book was opened which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it. And death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. And they were judged, every man according to their works. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Also the Israelites who died while observing the law were asleep in the bosom of Abraham under the earth for a little while. Means they're dead in the grave. Sleep. After Christ Jesus died, shedding his blood and resurrected, all of those in the bosom of Abraham, also known as the paradise, resurrected and ascended to heaven. Apostle Matthew testified of this in Matthew 27, verses 50 through 53. Jesus, when he had cried again with a loud voice, yielded up the ghost. And behold, the veil of the temple was rent in twain from the top to the bottom, and the earth did quake, and the rocks rent. 
and the graves are open, and many bodies of the saints which slept arose. So they resurrected when Christ resurrected. For all men who have lived in the six in the last six thousand years after Adam, God has opened the door of salvation in each age, each dispensation. He has given the age of conscience, of the law, and of grace. We are living in age of grace. But sooner or later, when the age of grace is fulfilled to the end, when it comes to a close, Christ Jesus will appear in the heaven and lift them, the church, his bride, all the saved Christians who believed in him, in Christ Jesus. He'll pick him up, up to heaven. That's the day of rapture, day of Christ, to be exact in the Bible. 6,000 years have been given unto mankind for their salvation. But the day of Christ shall be finished in one day. Apostle Paul testified of what would happen in the day of Christ in 1 Thessalonians 4, 16-18. For the Lord himself shall descend from the heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain, that's you and me, still alive, shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. Isn't that the day you look forward to? I don't know what's greater than that day. Is it winning the lottery? Is it buying that brand new car? Is it getting those brand new shoes? Now, I'm not saying, you know, getting new things is bad. But what do you really desire? Are you focusing on things here on earth, on earthly things, on worldly things? Or are you deeply waiting to hear the shout of the archangel when Christ is meeting, waiting to meet us in the heaven? Are you really deep inside? Are you waiting for the day of Christ? After the day of Christ, the world shall be immediately leading into the days of Jacob's trouble. These are the days of the seven-year-long Great Tribulation, when all Jews and Gentiles who did not believe in Christ Jesus, that's where they're going into, seven years. During these days, God will give Jews and Gentiles the last chance to believe in Christ Jesus, to be saved. In those days, the only way you're going to get saved, it's not, it's not pretty. It really isn't pretty. 
Because when the church is raptured out of here, when a day of Christ is come and gone, in the great tribulation, the seven-year-long tribulation, you have to work and believe just like the days of uh, Moses with the Mosaic Law. That's going to be a lot of work compared to today. The day of salvation is today, not tomorrow, because it could be tomorrow. You can't guarantee that. Do you have a guarantee that it's not going to begin tomorrow? I can't. So it's going to be just like the days where the Jews had to make sacrifices and have to believe. So it won't be the gospel of grace. It'll be a different gospel. And to be saved, and if you can't do all of it, there is a quicker way. It's not pretty. It really isn't pretty. You have, you're have you going to be beheaded for being a witness of Jesus Christ, even that day. Well, where does it say it's, you know, you're going to be beheaded? Turn to Revelation 20, verse 4. And I saw thrones, and they that and they sat upon them, and judgment was given unto them, and I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus and for the word of God, and which had not worshipped the beast, the Antichrist, neither his image, neither had received his mark upon their foreheads or in their hands. And they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. So do you really want to go through that? It really is the best time to believe in Jesus Christ today. It's not me saying it. It is the Bible. It is all written here. You have no excuse for not believing it. If you don't read it and you don't believe in it, you know, God's going to say that's your fault. He's giving everybody a chance. Everybody time. He That's why he is ever merciful. So Prophet Jeremiah uh, prophesied of these last days, the things that will happen during the days of great tribulation are detailed um, by Apostle John in the book of Revelation, starting in chapter 6, Revelation 6 through 19. But this is Jeremiah's uh, testimony. Jeremiah 30, uh, verse 4 through 9, And these are the words that the Lord spake concerning Israel and concerning Judah. For thus saith the Lord, We have heard a voice of trembling, of fear, and not of peace, as you know. And see whether a man doth travail with child. Wherefore do I see every man with his hands on his loins as a woman in travail. So just like a pregnant woman that's about to give birth. The birthing pain, it's going to come just like no warning. Boom. And all faces are turned into paleness. 
Alas, for that day is great, so that none is like it. It is even the time of Jacob's trouble, but he shall be saved out of it, for it shall come to pass in that day, saith the Lord of hosts, that I will break his yoke from the from off thy neck, and will burst thy bonds, and strangers shall no more serve themselves of him. But they shall serve the Lord their God, and David their king, whom I will raise up unto them. The days of the great tribulation, the times of Jacob's trouble, are the last days spoken in the Bible. At the end of these last days, the Lord Jesus Christ, King of Kings and Lord of Lords, will appear in the world to judge all nations. Everybody who did not believe in him. For past 2,000 plus years, he's been waiting. He's been waiting. This day is uh, referred as the day of the Lord in the Bible. As for the day of the Lord, many prophets had foretold in detail in the book of prophets. The day of the Lord will also be the day of judgment in one day. On this day prophesied by the prophets. Uh, first, let's turn to Isaiah 63. If we go there. 63, Isaiah 63, 1 through 6. This is the prophecy on the second advent. The day of the Lord. Who is that cometh from Edom with dyed garments from Basra? This that is glorious in his apparel, tra traveling in the greatness of his strength. I that speak in righteousness might, uh, mighty to save. Wherefore art thou red in thine apparel, and thy garments like him that treadeth in the wine fat? I have treaded the winepress alone, and of the people there was none with me. For I will tread them in mine anger, and trample them in my fury. And their blood shall be sprinkled upon my garments, and I will stain all my raiment. For the day of vengeance is in mine heart, and the ear of my redeemed is come. And I looked, and there was none to help, and I wondered that there was none to uphold. Therefore mine own arm brought salvation unto me, and my fury it upheld me. And I will tread down the people in mine anger, and make them drunk in my fury. And I will bring down their strength to the earth. Red raiment, red garment. You know, it says wine press, but you know, if you press on the, if you ever stepped on a wine press, uh, the coloring of the grape, it gets all over your clothes. Well, this is blood. This is blood of those who did not believe in the second coming of Jesus Christ. He is going to trample everyone that didn't believe in him. In his fury, he mentioned fury many times. Isaiah 63. It is all recorded here, prophesied. Almost 700, 700 years before the first coming of Jesus, 
This was recorded roughly about 700 BC. That's a long time ago. So you can't say, oh, I didn't know. Well, it's in here. All recorded. Um, and I want to make a quick note. If we turn to Revelation 6, the first three verses. And I saw when the Lamb opened one of the seals, and I heard, as it were the noise of thunder, one of the four beasts saying, Come and see. And I saw and behold a white horse, and he that sat on him had a bow, and a crown was given unto him. And he went forth conquering and to conquer. Okay, the first two verses. So all major seminaries for the last hmm, 200 years, they have taught that the rider of this white horse uh, in Revelation 6 is Jesus Christ. When it's actually in chapter 19, that's Jesus Christ. We're about to read that next. They taught that this white horse rider is Jesus Christ, gradually conquering the world through the church and the sacraments. If you had the slightest comparisons of the rider of chapter 6 and chapter 19, you can definitely tell they're not the same. The rider here only has, first of all, has in order, has a bow. Well, the writer in 19, Revelation 19, has a sword. The writer in 6, chapter 6, Revelation 6, has one crown. 19 has many crowns. The writer in 19 comes out of heaven. He comes down from heaven. Writer of 6, he's not. So he's a fake. So if you're listening today and if you've been taught all this time that the white horse rider of Revelation 6 is Jesus Christ, you have been taught the wrong uh, teachings. So just want to make a note. That is what happens when you don't divide the word rightly. Okay, so moving on, we'll read we'll read what Apostle John testified in uh, Revelation 19, verse 14 through 21. This is uh, describing the day of the Lord, the day of the wrath. And the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses clothed in fine linen, white and clean. And out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword, unlike the one in six, he had a bow, but no arrow, that with it he should smite the nations, and he shall rule them with a rod of iron. And he treadeth the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. We read winepress again of fierceness, just like in Isaiah 63. And he hath on his vesture on and on his thigh a name written, 
King of kings and Lord of lords. And I saw an angel standing in the sun, and he cried with a loud voice, saying to all the fowls that fly in the midst of heaven, Come and gather yourselves together unto the supper of the great God, that ye may eat the flesh of kings, and the flesh of captains, and the flesh of mighty men, and the flesh of horses, and of them that sit on them, and the flesh of all men, both free and bond, both small and great. And I saw the beast, and the kings of the earth, and their armies, gathered together to make war against him that sat on the horse, and against his army. And the beast was taken, and with him the false prophet that wrought miracles before him, with which he deceived them that had received the mark of the beast, and them that worshipped his image. These both were cast alive into a lake of fire burning with brimstone, and the remnant were slain with the sword of him that sat upon the horse, which sword proceedeth out of his mouth, and all the fowls were filled with their flesh. So when I first got saved and I read Revelations, uh, Revelations of Jesus Christ, in this chapter, I thought there was a literal blade coming out of Christ's mouth, like a long blade. Um, but no, it's whatever he speaks, because he's God himself, God in flesh. Jesus Christ is God in flesh, right? So go back to Genesis 1.1 in the beginning. Whatever he wanted to create, all he had to do was just say it. So if Jesus is God and he says, everybody die. Remember like that game we used to play when we were little? Simon says, okay, so if Jesus says, everybody die, everybody dies. He doesn't need nuclear weapons or guns or ammunition like humans do. No, he's God himself. He is the Almighty. He can create all things and he can kill, destroy everything if he wanted to. So, sharp as a sword. Only thing he has to say is just the word. He is the word. And we can picture all the fowls in the air, all the birds. You know, like ravens, eagles, hawks, uh, vultures. You know, you see those eating like those carcasses, feeding off of carcasses on the side of the highway. But it won't be just animals. It'll be people. High and mighty people who did not believe in Jesus Christ. After the day of the Lord is over, the days of Christ shall be continued for a thousand years. This is the thousand year reign of Jesus Christ. The millennial kingdom. Blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection on such. The second death hath no power, but they shall be priests of God and of Christ, and shall reign with them a thousand years. Revelation chapter 20, verse 6. And then Zechariah 14, verse 9. And the Lord shall be king over all the earth, 
In that day shall there be one Lord, and his name one. At the end of Christ's thousand-year reign, at the end of 7,000 years of history of God planned for the world, it will be completely fulfilled. And from this time on, the eighth day, the eternal days of God, shall be in heaven and earth. Revelation 21, first verse. And I saw a new heaven and new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. Verses 5 through 7 in the same chapter. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write, W-R-I-T-E, Write, for these words are true and faithful. And he said unto me, It is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of the water of life freely. He that overcometh shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. The Lord Jesus Christ, who finished all the words, said to Apostle John, Surely I shall I come quickly. Apostle John answered unto the Lord, Amen. Even so, come, Lord Jesus. Apostle John sincerely encouraged all men for their salvation, for their salvation, saying, The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. Not only did Jesus promise that he'll come, he'll return quickly, but according to John uh, 14, we mentioned at last week's message that he shall, he went to heaven to prepare a place for us. If not, he would have told us. But to be in that mansion, many mansions up in heaven, in God's house, you have to be saved. Not everybody goes there. In this dispensation of grace, this age of grace, this is 2021, year 2021, age of grace is quickly coming to an end. You have to be saved first. You have to be his child first. I'll give you the gospel of Christ once again. We read it earlier. 1 Corinthians 15. How that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. And that he was buried. And that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. He died. And he was buried. And on the third day, he resurrected. This you have to believe. In this age, that is all you have to do. Faith alone to be saved. Because everyone here, we read earlier, because of Adam's sin, everyone born on earth is a sinner. For all have sinned and come short of glory of God, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, through one man, 
Sin came, and one man gave grace, gave salvation. This is Romans 3, 23 and 24. The list of sins um, is in Mark 7, verses 20 through 23. For from within, out of the heart of men, proceed evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murders, thefts, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lasciviousness, an evil eye, blasphemy, pride, and foolishness. All these evil things come from within and defile the man. It comes from the heart. Jesus took on all the sins and he died for you, you and me, all those that live on earth. So that you don't have to go to hell. So that you don't have to pay for the price of sin. Because the Bible says so in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 21, For he hath made him to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Because the wage of sin is death. That's the price you have to pay. If you don't dump the sin, if you don't sincerely say, Jesus, take my sin away, I want to believe in you. If you don't say it, if you don't believe in his blood atonement, then you're taking that sin with you when you die. And nobody knows when anybody's going to expire, do we? No. You can go any minute. You can go, you can die as soon as you cross the street. You open a door, somebody could come running into your house and shoot you. Nobody knows that. Nobody knows the end date. That is why you have to be safe now. Otherwise, you're taking that sin with you. Instead of letting Jesus take on all the sin that he already paid for. It's prepaid. Just like those uh, prepaid phone cards, phone plans. It's already paid for. You have to believe and take it. It's a sin not to believe in him. In our, in our age, because we were given Jesus Christ in our dispensation. So, being born in the last hundred years, because I'm assuming everybody that is listening to this, to this message nowadays is within a hundred years old, right? You could be in your teens, 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, or all the way up to 70, 80 year old. We are so blessed being born in this dispensation. Ever since death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And it's coming to an end. You know, being his church. Not the building, okay? Not not your steeples and whatever big church building, no. The church, the only church mentioned in King James Bible is the one that's going to rapture in the day of Christ. Those who truly wait upon him, on Jesus Christ. He will come pluck those people out. Men and women in Christ. Brothers and sisters in Christ. Boys and girls. Who eagerly wait to meet him. 
like in Titus 2.13. If we turn to Titus 2.13. Titus 2.13, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Appearing. Appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. The Bible doesn't lie. Everything here is recorded and it is here for a reason. You can't make an excuse. So as we mentioned earlier, uh, salvation is a gift. It's a free gift in our lifetime. You, know, you can't work towards your salvation or your grace. For by grace are ye saved through faith, faith alone, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, not what you do, lest any man should boast. Ephesians 2, verse 8 and 9. Now that you've heard the gospel of Christ, you need to confess and believe in it. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shall believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Romans 10, verses 9 and 10. And then also in Romans 10, 13, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Lord Jesus Christ, save me. So will you receive him today? Today is the day of salvation. Don't put it off. You need to invite Jesus Christ into your heart. Let him in. Call his name. Lord, help me. So we'll do the sinner's prayer together, but this is for you. Um, I'll start off and then you can pause it, write it down. Not only is this for people who never believed in Jesus Christ, but if you're taught a different doctrine from your church, if you're just a churchgoer, you know, Sunday this, Sunday that, Wednesday this, and if you've been going down the wrong path, maybe it's time to check up on your, uh, where you stand. Have you truly been saved? Are you, have you been working for your grace and salvation? The Bible says no, so you might have been going down the wrong path. So join everybody who's been taught wrong, even a Christian. If you've been taught the wrong doctrine, join in this, uh, the sinner's prayer. I'll start off and you can repeat. You can follow along. Here we go. Lord, I am a sinner. I know that I shall be judged and will be sent to hell because of my sins. However, I believe in Jesus Christ, who was judged and died on the cross instead of me. Now I open my heart to accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Please come into my heart and be my Lord and Savior forever. Please lead me in your way so that I may serve you. 
Thank you for cleansing of my sins by the blood of Jesus. Thank you for saving me from the destruction of hell. In the name of our Lord and Savior, Christ Jesus' name we pray. Amen. That's it. So if today was your first time ever hearing the gospel of Christ, uh, God bless you and do please share this message among your friends and family members who have yet to receive salvation through Jesus Christ. And also please read your Bible daily and get to know who Jesus is, what he recorded in the Bible. Because everything that has been uh, prophesied has been recorded. Everything has to come to fulfillment, uh, fulfillment according to the scriptures. Whether you like it or not, it's going to happen. So read up on it, study it. Um, if we have to, if you have to listen to this message once more, feel free. You may have to listen to it more than once and all other episodes. Um, it's okay to listen twice, three times or more. A lot of the sermons that when I got saved early on, even now, sometimes I have to listen to it several times. If you don't, it doesn't make sense, but keep listening to it. Eventually, the Holy Spirit will hit it for you. Because faith comes from hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Let us pray. Father God, we thank you for your blessings and your word today. We also thank you for your guidance during this, um, this week's message. May all the listeners keep the words of truth, keep your words of truth in their hearts. May they only remember all the words of truth according to the Holy Scriptures. Please bless and sanctify the individual walks of those who have received Jesus Christ today as their Lord and Savior. For the Lord himself promised that he will come quickly. And may the grace of Christ Jesus be with all those who believe in him. We thank you for teaching us the dispensations dispensations of truth within the King James Bible today. In Christ Jesus' name we pray. Amen.